Welcome back to 24 Cares. I'm Devin Owens-Teller, Leader of Operations and Analytics at Cares by KJE. We are a tech-enabled strategy and leadership development firm specializing in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we are in the middle of a wonderful conversation with Amy Cromus, Director of DEI at Essity. We're talking all things supplier diversity. In our last episode, you heard us talking about those barriers to inclusion, but also the importance of supplier diversity. And today we're gonna uh, dive a little bit deeper. So are you excited? Are you ready, Amy? I am, let's do it. Yes, let's continue. So how can diverse suppliers become respected in the industry and build their reputation as a viable option for organizations? Very, very, very good question. Um, I'll start. I'll start with something that may seem obvious, but is worth stating. Mm-hmm. Um, your work won't speak for itself, mm-hmm. but it surely will open up opportunities. Right? You could be doing amazing work in a space in a silo, and no one may know. Right? Maybe that company's project manager manager might know, but the decision maker might not know. So yeah. something that I would say is do good work, but also pair it with business development, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not if you're not one who is your typical business developer or you know wants to go out there and, and meet with everyone, find your person within that organization who will advocate for you, right? Mm-hmm. So who who is a witness to that work, yes. who understands the good work that you've done and then can speak for you in those spaces. Kind of think of it as the concept of sponsorship, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Have someone who will speak in spaces where you're not at the table who will advocate on your behalf. That is so important because it's not just doing the good work, it's the awareness that people know you're doing the good work. Um, So that's certainly one piece into kind of translating your work into actually being respected. Um, Another piece is consider joint venturing. Um, I know that this can be a little, or it may be a little um, sensitive for some businesses to say, to joint venture with the majority company and say, Mm -hmm. well, you know, I I don't know how they're going to treat me, whatever it may be. I will say that this, there is risk associated with a joint venture. I mean, you're literally creating a separate legal entity to Mm -hmm. go and do business with. Um, But also understand that if you go this route interview that person like you're about to marry them, right? (laughs) Understand what their financials are like, understand how they manage their teams, understand how they approach, you know, the split that you're going to have. But joint venturing, if done right, I don't think there's enough guidance on there on how to do joint ventures right between diverse businesses and majority owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, But if done right, it can do many things. It can give you and help you operationalize some of the things that you may not know need to be operationalized because this larger partner has access to tech and different programs that you may not have even been aware of or that you didn't have the capital to invest in. It will also increase your social capital because they'll be in spaces typically where you're not, but also vice versa. You can increase their social capital because you'll be in places that they typically are not. And then thirdly, you can market that past performance as saying, hey, I've done work with XYZ firm. I'm now familiar with whatever it may be. Or you can take that joint venture and take it to different projects, right? Especially if that relationship grows over time, if it works well, if it's mutually beneficial. So joint venturing isn't something that's um, advocated upon a lot. Um, or, Or it may be. I just think that people tend to see it as 
a big solution, but it's actually a risky solution. So when you risk is fine, just make sure you're going in informed and educated on what the risk is so you know how to manage it. But a joint venture, I think, is an amazing opportunity to gain that respect in the workplace um, or in the marketplace and also learn. Um, Also, just researching accelerator or development programs to learn how to do business um, Mm -hmm. with companies. And for me, the respect piece comes in there is because that gives you an in that gives you an in to say, hey, can you know, can you essentially help me understand how to navigate, you know, your space, your business and going back to that sponsorship concept as well. Um, And then finally, I'll say from a respect standpoint. This is my personal preference. Do not lead with the fact that you are a diverse business. Um, sometimes I see that a lot and they'll say, I'm an, you know, I'm an MBE or I'm a WBE. And I say, okay, that's excellent. But I want you to let me know that you can do the work, do the work well, and you just so happen to be an MBE or a WBE, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not going to sacrifice the quality of the work for a certification. And certification doesn't equal qualification, right? Yeah. So it goes back to that first point of do good, like b- do good work of what yeah. you do. Have people be aware of it. And yeah. then that will be, that's a residual benefit of the fact that you are a bona fide, solid, amazing business mm-hmm. that just so happens to be black owned, woman owned, Hispanic owned, whatever it may be. Yeah. So that's certainly one thing that I would say just from a respect angle as well. Yeah. So talk a little bit more kind of um, about that business acumen and um, the awareness. So if I'm a small um, MBE, you know, I may, I may be a, a team of two, right? How do we begin to, you know, we want to do good work and we want to put forth great work, but then we also need to be out here networking and, Mm -hmm. you know, meeting X, Y, and Z. How do we, I guess, kind of strike that that balance or, um, you know, put our focus? Because we don't want to sacrifice the quality of work, but we also want to make sure that we are continuing to build those relationships to open more more doors for more work. Absolutely. I mean, that's an excellent question. And it is the ever... Uh, you know, the ever looming question of entrepreneur, right? If I'm stepping aside to take away time from my business, I'm stepping away from money that I'm making, right? Mm. I need to make sure that it's a worthwhile pursuit for me to go and take this meeting. Yeah. I will say the beautiful thing about this virtual world is now it is, mm. is so much, well, the virtual world existed, but the fact that this virtual world is now prioritized a little bit more, it is a lot easier to meet with people, to schedule one-on-ones and not have to build in one to two hours for a commute, whatever it may be. Yeah. So that's certainly one piece is, you know, in person is excellent and nice, but also don't be afraid to do kind of exactly what we're just doing from a Zoom perspective, you know, 30 minutes, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's certainly one piece. But also when you think about business development, if there's anything where you have multiple organizations in one place, like, you know, people will have mm. different procurement fairs or supplier diversity fairs where you can get contacts all in one place and get more bang for your buck, essentially or bang for your time, absolutely recommend that. Um, And then really just thinking about forecasting and, you know, what are your actual goals as a company, right? Who do you want to target? Do you have, you know, revenue goals for the year? If so, really thinking through that business planning phase to say, when we go outside, who are we targeting our time to? And, And will it be worth it? So I think that's also related to the business side of it planning accordingly, you know, that customer relationship management piece as well Mm -hmm. is so very important. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. You also mentioned not leading with the fact that I'm a diverse supplier, right? But how do we begin to kind of break down some of the, I guess, stigma around being a diverse supplier um, and just the kind Mm. of assumptions or stereotypes um, that people have when you kind of have that designation? Absolutely. And now that I love talking out loud, which is great, like kind of thinking and processing (laughs) externally, because I'm thinking, for instance, I'm thinking KJE, right? Mm -hmm. You all are a DEI firm that is black woman led and owned. That makes sense to lead with because it's literally part of what you deliver Mm. as a service. Mm. So I'm actually going to, I think humility is just so important. I'm going to go back and edit what I mentioned in terms of (laughs) if it doesn't have to deal with how you explicitly deliver a service, then say I do, like I'll go back to construction. I'm an excavation firm, right? And then, you know, put in what your qualification, what your capabilities are. And then from a qualification standpoint, I'm also certified as an MBE, as a WBE, because you do want people Mm -hmm. to know that, hey, this is also an added benefit. But you also know that you're getting a qualified and a bona fide firm, right, Mm -hmm. who can do the work regardless. Um, So, no, thank you for for helping me think through that and also just how it can be um, relayed. And remind me of the question that you asked, because I just went... Uh, went left a little bit. Yes, just a little bit, just a little bit. I'll bring you back. So how do we begin to break down some of the stigma um, Mm. around being an MBE uh, or WMBE? How do we begin to um, kind of combat those barriers or stereotypes? Absolutely. Um, I'll say typically some of the stigmas that are associated with MBEs are, um, oh, I need to pay more. Um, for these services, or, you know, maybe the quality won't be as great, which Mm. from my perspective, I always challenge that because I say, so tell me about your favorite supplier and tell me when they haven't delivered. Tell me when they haven't been 100% quality. And without a doubt, they will say, oh, but, but we worked through it. But we made it happen. But we were able to put this agreement in place. And so I always think about if those same, if that same good faith can be applied towards a majority owned firm, why can't that same good faith be applied to someone who might not look like you? The bar is higher. The bar is absolutely higher. And so for me, one way that I found to kind of help break down this stigma, particularly when you're not the one making procurement decisions, is schedule debriefs. Mm. debriefs are absolutely critical. After you've submitted an RFP, after you've submitted a bid and you're unsuccessful, it is extremely beneficial to have the MBE and to have the procurement lead or whoever was evaluating that proposal Mm. meet and understand where did I falter? How can I do better next time? And Mm -hmm. what else can you say that will support me in my journey because I want to bid to you again? And when it's wild, when you have these these folks in procurement who say, oh, gosh, they're just like exactly they're just like the other suppliers that you work with at the end of the day. So you're completely right. The stigma does present another barrier for MBEs in order to showcase their talents in order to, you know, why should I have to debunk these myths in order for you to even see me as a bona fide and true business? But those debriefs are a great, great way for supplier diversity to also put the onus on procurement and say, hey, 
you have a stake in seeing this person in a different light. And at the same time, the MBE is getting those best practices and lessons learned for the next time they bid to that, to that corporation or to someone else. Yeah, that's good. All right, on that same vein, what other golden nuggets can you share um, with the diverse suppliers to help them really expand their opportunities and also stay relevant? Yeah, certainly be persistent. Um, once again, seems obvious, but you know, being a diverse supplier is not for the faint of heart. Being a diverse mm -hmm. entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. Be persistent. Find what motivates you. Um, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's your affirmations, whether it's your family, whatever it may be, keep that flame burning within you. Um, and then also know that it's okay to say no. Mm. Uh, and focusing on controlled growth. I've seen many times when you have an MBE who blows up, they get all of these requests and you would feel foolish to not accept all of them. But don't do it, right? Yeah. Unless, unless you've methodically planned out how you're going to support those clients and those customers in a, in a fair you know, way, then really be thoughtful about who you take on as clients and customers for that controlled growth so yeah. that way it can be sustainable and so that way you can deliver a strong work product right rather than having everything come back and you know balls being dropped and things of that nature mm -hmm. um, and then also just your digital footprint um, one of the first things that i do with suppliers is google them <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do you have a website that is easy to uh, to that's easy to that's user friendly? Does it have past performance and client testimonials on it? Does it mm -hmm. have your capability statement? Does yeah. it have your certifications? One way, kind of going back to the certification piece, one way that I've seen it is not only in the about us, but also in the bottom, they'll have um, you know the different mm -hmm. logos of the different agencies that they're certified by. Um, that digital footprint is so very important. Do you have a, tons of negative reviews when you Google your business, right? Um, so that's another piece. And then finally, um, something that I would also say is if you have targeted companies that you want to work with, set up a Google alert on them. So that way you're aware mm. of what's happening in their space, yeah. right? It may, it may not be directly related to you, but it may be. Um, and so when you're meeting with them, you'll know how you, you can reference some of the initiatives yes. that they have going on. It, it, it can just give you a lot of information um, and shows that you're performing your due diligence on mm -hmm. someone that you want to do business with. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes to relationship building. And I actually, it's not just about the transactional, like I care about your business and what's going on, what y'all are kind of dealing with or going through at that time as well. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Amy. This has been a wonderful conversation. We've dropped a lot of gems and golden nuggets um, focused on supplier, suppliers really understanding the ins and outs of partnering with these organizations and really giving them some, some tangible tools to put in their tool belt and pull out so they can submit those RFPs to these organizations. Thank you for joining us at 24 Karis. Uh, I'm Devin Owens-Toller and excited to continue the conversation. So stay tuned for part four with Amy, where we're gonna talk more about supplier diversity. And here at 24 Karis, we help you live a 24 seven commitment to DEI 365 days of the year.